Let's all take our Bibles and turn tonight to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read just a few verses here tonight, verses 10 through 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Paul said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Let us bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you once again for the word that we've been able to read tonight. God, I know that this is a very important subject that we'll be dealing with this evening. It's one that we need to give much attention to. Lord, I'm thankful for all the teachings that we've had in the book of Ephesus and everything that we've dealt with, but I believe that it all leads to this. I pray that you will open our understanding. You will help us to cast out doubt and fear and to trust you. God, I ask for you to speak truth through me. I'm not worthy of teaching this, and I haven't mastered this myself, I know. I fell in so many ways each day. God, I pray that the truth that is the same as it has been since it was written, that it will be put forth, and that you would uh, help us to apply those things to our heart and life. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I think uh, in the realm of what we talk about in church and uh, what we deal with in the Bible, there's probably a lot of um, the most important things, kind of like in the presidential debates, each one is the only one who does a certain thing, and um, it's easy to take a Bible subject and say, this is the most important thing that we have, this is the most important thing that we can talk about or that we can concern ourselves with, but I want to tell you today that this is, if not the most important, I think salvation would take that, um, that cut, but uh, I think this is one of the most important issues that Christians have to deal with on a daily basis. This is not going to be a one-week sermon. Uh, we are going to take this. There is so much in these verses, and I don't want us to rush through it. I want us to take our time to allow God's Spirit to teach us, but... I want to tell you as well that there's going to be all kinds of, um, of reasons over the next few weeks, uh, excuses for why you can't be here, reasons why um, you're tired or whatever's going to go on. I think Satan's going to do all that he can to discourage me from preaching these and discourage you from listening to them because I think that this is where a lot of uh, any threat that we could have on the devil and on his plans and goals is found uh, as we begin studying at least this subject. And these verses, I think, are some of the most plain verses that we have on the issue of spiritual warfare. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. As a matter of fact, that's what this message is entitled. is just simply spiritual warfare. And this message is only going to introduce the subject of spiritual warfare. Now, let me say that we have all been there, haven't we? Nothing's going right. Everyone seems to be against you. People are mad at you. Money is tight. Stuff's breaking. Every time you turn around, there's problems at school. There's problems at work. When you come home, 
you guessed it, more problems when you get there. Uh, the one place that people should, uh, should have your back and be nice to you, uh, that's where you're going to catch it the most. And every single one of us have been through that at some point uh, some or another. And all of this, of course, mysteriously started getting worse after you made a deeper commitment to God. Uh, maybe you started trying to pray more, spend more time with God, or witness to a co-worker, or get more dedicated in church, or stop a certain sinful habit in your life. And things might, may not have been necessary, necessarily great before, but now they're terrible. And you don't know where you're going, and you don't know what to do. And what I want you to realize today or tonight is that this is not a coincidence, okay? It's not a coincidence that these things are happening. Uh, This is all planned out. This is all a scheme. This is all a, a scam on you to do anything possible to get you away from the Lord, to get you away from whatever it is that you're doing. And I think that we make critical mistakes sometimes in the way that we sell Christianity because what we tell people is that when you choose Jesus, He's going to take care of all your problems. Or when you choose Jesus, that all your problems are going to go away. All the issues you dealt before with are all going to suddenly be gone. Life's going to be much better. He is going to stamp out any fire that's going to come your way. And what we ref- what we refuse sometimes to tell people, because this isn't a great selling point, is that often when you come to the Lord or when you commit yourself to God, your problems do not get smaller, they get bigger. Amen. They don't get fewer, they get more. And the reason for that is, is because there's not only a great God who loves you and who wants to protect you and who wants the best for you, but there is also a devil out there who wants to destroy you. There is an enemy. We are at war right now as we're speaking and our enemy is alive and well. Uh, He wants to do all that he can to trick you into thinking that he doesn't exist, but he's there and he's working and he's hiding And he's deceiving, he's doing what he does best, he's lying to you, doing anything that he can to make you think that you've already lost. Often things do get more difficult when we commit to God more because it puts a great big target on our backs. And what we have to realize is that the person or the people that you think are your enemies are not your real enemy. They may be the ones delivering the punches. But understand that they're just puppets of your real real enemy, which is Satan. For the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what God says to us through Paul about the subject of spiritual warfare. And my prayer is that we not only learn how to identify uh, when our real enemy is at work, but that we learn to expect him and learn how to be victorious. And that's one of the things that I have tried to do as much as possible. I don't... I don't necessarily like to be negative or always point out the bad side of everything that's going on. I think we need positive people, and I think we need people that see things how they really are sometimes too. But this is something that I try to to let everybody in on. Anytime that something great is happening in our church, anytime that someone makes a big commitment to God or things are going well with them, sometimes we just keep a mouth shut, but a lot of times I I try to, to at least warn them This is great. I am so glad this is happening. But you need to understand that you've got a target on your back now. And things are going to happen. Weird things are going to happen. Things you can't explain are going to happen. Things that may seem unbearable.
going to happen. You can call it a sound system problem. But I've been struggling with this sermon all day long. See what I mean? Distraction. Smoke and mirrors. Anything to take us away from the real issue that's going on. And I want us to look at three things tonight. First of all, I want you to understand that your enemy is spiritual, not physical. Your enemy is spiritual, not physical. And if you look in chapter 6 and verse 10, he says here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, surprisingly, there are many Christians who either do not believe in the devil or do not want to admit that he is the one working behind many of the problems that we are experiencing. Isn't it strange that when we're facing difficulty and everything is going wrong, that we naturally start pointing our fingers in several different directions. We'll blame our boss for the problem that we're getting at work. We'll blame our spouse for the issues that are going on at home. We'll blame our family for other problems that may be happening. We'll blame the government because of everything that's going on in Washington. We'll blame our society because of the culture and all these other things. And sometimes we'll even blame God because, after all, He is God. He is in control of everything. Why is He doing all these things to us? And often we direct the blame to everyone and everything except who's really responsible. That is Satan. Amen. Listen, we're going to get to some other important truths here as time goes on. But I want you to look at what verse 11 says. He says in chapter 6, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, and notice this last part, that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. The word wiles there is an old English word that means crafty schemes, or it means deceit. And all of you, or at least most of us, have watched episodes with Wally Coyote, um, who in every episode was cooking up new diabolical plans to trap and destroy the Roadrunner, which thankfully the Roadrunner always was able to escape. He's kind of our hero uh, in those cartoons. And some people want the coyote to finally catch him, I guess, so the madness will be over. But the Roadrunner always wins. I want you to know that his name, Wiley Coyote, is no coincidence. The word it is spelled Wile middle name E, Coyote, and the word wild, of course, means scheming. It means craftiness, and that's exactly what he was. He was always finding some hole to throw out there, or some bomb or some missile to shoot at uh, the roadrunner. Any trap that he could set is exactly what he was going to place out there. No matter how crafty his schemes were, though, we know the roadrunner was always two steps in front of him. Listen, I want you to know that Satan, the devil is your enemy. But we're not in a cartoon. This is not fairy tales. This is not fantasy. This is real. He is a real enemy. He is really cooking up schemes right now to put in your path, to put in your way, to deter you from accomplishing what God wants to accomplish in your life. 
And we'll talk more in a moment about how he works. But I want you to know that he is your enemy. He is the mastermind behind the curtain who is orchestrating all the chaos going on in your life. And I heard a great illustration of this. Uh, once about a, a, a trunk or treat, and I just want to share that. I, you know that I am terrible at telling stories, and I'm terrible at uh, repeating stories, but I want to do the best that I can here. This story is about a, a trunk or treat that was being held in a church parking lot. And at one of the little stations that had been set up, there was a whack-a-mole game. Everybody knows what whack-a-mole is? You've done that in the arcades where you got the hammer and you, you bopped it. Well, this was the uh, trunk or treat version of whack-a-mole. And so there were different sock puppets. There was basically a, a board or a table that had been set up with different holes in it. And these, uh, uh, of course, these puppets were coming out. And uh, the job that the kids had was to take a big hammer. Uh, well, of course, it was a blow-up hammer. Uh, but they were to, to whack those little sock puppets that were popping out of the holes in the table. Here and there, uh, they whack one. Maybe they miss one. Another one pop up in another way. And several of the kids played along. But one of the kids jumped out of line and pulled down the little curtain that was being held up with clothespins. And behind the curtain were two very wide-eyed men who had stuffed themselves under the table and were poking their sock pockets through the hole above. There they were. They had been caught in their scheme. They had been caught in their plan. And I'm sure that child was scolded. But while everyone else was frantically attacking the puppets on top, at least he had the sense to figure out that there was someone working in the dark beneath the surface. Now I want you to know that your boss, you may think that he or your spouse or your parents or your co-worker is your enemy, and that may very well be. We do have enemies. But here's the point. You can smooth things over with them. You might repair your problem with the boss. You might repair your problem with a friend or with a co-worker, and things may get better there, but you'll find that the same problems are going to keep popping up somewhere else. As soon as things get better here, there's going to be a problem arise in this place. As soon as you put out that fire, another one's going to start up over here. And really, it can become a never-ending cycle. And Satan's just sitting back and laughing the whole time. He's, he doesn't care that you passed up with your friend because he's just going to cause a problem over here to pop up somewhere. And the longer that he can keep you to see, the longer that he can stay behind that curtain and continue operating the way that he does and keep you discouraged and keep you exhausted, that's exactly what he's going to do. Why? Because your real enemy is hidden. He is invisible and he is deceiving you into attacking anyone and anything but him. I need you to know tonight that your enemy is not the person you think it is. Your enemy is not the thing you think it is. It's not even the sin or the lust or the temptation you think it is. Your enemy is the devil. Let me also quickly point out before we go any further that not every problem in your life is the result of satanic attack. Sometimes we're just reaping consequences. I've heard some people think that God is punishing them when in fact it's Satan persecuting them. And I've heard people think that Satan's persecuting them when in fact it's God punishing them. And we don't need to get the two mixed up. But I'll tell you that any time that I'm being punished by God, i found that He lets me know what it is that I've done. And He's let me know that this is the punishment for that sin. He always lets me know. I'm never in doubt. I never have to wonder why this is happening or what's happening. He lets me know exactly what I've done. He lets me know exactly why this is going on. 
That's why several times there will be problems. Maybe, maybe the car will break down or something will happen. And sometimes I get really upset about those things. Sometimes I go, okay, Lord, I know what that is. And I'm just going to eat this. I, there's nothing I can do about it. I know, what, well, I know what's going on. And I just move on with it. And so understand that sometimes it's consequences that we bring upon ourselves. But listen, if you're being punished for, do, for doing wrong, that's God. But if you're being punished for doing good, that's the devil. Your enemy is spiritual, not physical. Next thing I want you to understand is that your battle is spiritual, not physical. In verse 12, he says, uh, chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Not only is your enemy spiritual, but the battle that you're fighting is spiritual as well. If you look at verse 12, the word wrestle means to struggle. And that's how many of us would describe the problems that are going on in our life. Listen, the struggle is real. But notice what we're really struggling with. We are not, according to this verse, we are not struggling or wrestling with flesh and blood. What does that mean? Flesh and blood is talking about this body that you see here is flesh and blood. When you look around, you see physical people sitting in these pews. That is flesh and blood. And although the mean words may be coming out of flesh and blood, and although the the mean deeds might be coming out or coming from people who are flesh and blood, the problems, if you had to put a name to who it is that's creating the biggest problems in your life, you probably are going to picture a person who is flesh and blood. Paul says, or God says through Paul, That your real struggle is not with flesh and blood. It's with something else. That flesh and blood, that person that you're seeing, that's creating all those problems for you, they're not the problem, they're the puppets. Please understand that. So you get mad at them, and you you don't want to talk to them, or you're going to stay away from them, and those might be the very people the guys want you to witness to. Satan's wedged an issue between you and them. Because you've fallen victim to the lie that they are your real problem. Listen, they're not your problem. Your wrestle is not with people. Your wrestle is not with flesh and blood. But he says it is against principalities and is with powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness, as it says, in high places. And listen, I know that many of those words may not make a lick of sense. And I don't want to spend too much time or too much thought here, but just understand that what this is saying is that there is evidently a whole organized army of demons who are working behind the scenes making havoc in your life. Listen, Satan's not disorganized. He's very organized. And he's got captains, and he's got chiefs, and he's got colonels, and he's got all the way down. He's got people who are just their whole, or demons whose only job is to mess with you. I'm sure that that's true. I think I've got a couple of those messing with me as, as we speak, maybe. But I want you to understand they have a leader. His name's Satan. They have a goal to steal, kill, and destroy, and they have a target. It's you. Listen, Satan is not God. He's not like God. He can't be everywhere at one time, but he does have someone somewhere, at least most of the time. And that's where your problem is. While the devil may not technically be the one fighting against you, something or someone under his leadership is. I've been studying quite a bit lately on the Nazis and the Holocaust and all the events that took place there. And 
While Hitler was not literally the one inflicting all the torture, pain, and suffering and death on the Jewish people and, and some of the other people groups around about, you know, he still gets the blame today because he was the leader of it. As a matter of fact, if you were to define the word monster, many people would just put his face or his name right beside that because that's what he was. He was a monster. And he gets almost full credit for everything that took place during the, uh, the World War II and, of course, with the Nazis and uh, all the, the, the genocide and the Holocaust of the Jewish people, all the things that took place there, his name gets tagged onto that. But understand, while he was at the head of this organization, while he was in lead of what was going on, he had different people in different ranks and different places that were carrying out his agenda. And that's exactly what's going on with Satan. Satan is at the head of this. We always put his name in the title that Satan's the one messing with you. He may not physically or literally be the one that's doing that, but he's got somebody under his agenda who is. We must understand that our battle is spiritual, not physical. I want to read to you some things. I just want you to bear with me and listen. I can't say it any better than this. So I just want you to listen. This sermon's not going to take very long. I know I say that a lot, but I promise it's not. If you'll just listen. But there's so much truth here. It says one of Satan's primary strategies is to use people to engineer our spiritual downfall by driving wedges between us that shatter our unity and draw our focus away from God. Satan prefers that other people get the credit for this part of his work. Because if Satan can get you focusing on the wrong opponent, he can defeat you. And that is his goal. Not one of us is immune to the consequences of this spiritual battle. Although the warfare takes place in the invisible spiritual realm, its effects such as pain and heartache, loss, defeat, and hopelessness, they impact each of us in the visible physical realm. Yet until you realize that your struggle is not with people, but with the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, you'll never live out the victory that Jesus Christ has secured for you. One of the main truths that you need to embrace with regard to Satan is to understand that people are not your problem. Satan is your problem. And Satan is their problem too. Your problem isn't the person you think it is. Your problem is that a demon is influencing them towards disruption in your life. So when you tell someone you ain't nothing but the devil, you might just be right. (laughs) Behind every physical disturbance, setback, ailment, or issue that you face is a spiritual root. And without first identifying and dealing with the root spiritual cause, attempts at fixing the physical problem will be temporary at best. There is nothing in your five senses uh, to partake of within your physical being that is not first generated by that which your your five senses cannot partake of. In other words, there is nothing that you can feel or sense with your five senses that does not have some sort of spiritual root attached to it. In light of this truth, you and I need to engage in a sixth sense, a spiritual sense, when doing battle in this war. We must address the spiritual root before we can ever fix the physical problem. Now, what what am I saying? By the way, this was all taken from uh, Tony Evans' book, uh, Kingdom Agenda. But what is all this saying? What am I trying to say to you here tonight? What I'm trying to say is, if I were to make... Or have each and every one of you make a list of the things that are your biggest problems right now. I'm sure I'd have a, a whole line of different lists that are going on. Some would say depression. 
Some would say problems at work. Some would say problems at home. Some people would say money. Some people would say uh, issues with, with others or issues with family or issues here or there. And maybe you could think of more than one. There'd be a whole list of things that you could put down there. And what many would try to tell you to do is that you need to go, you need to fix those problems that you would list in that, on that piece of paper. You need to start going and addressing that problem. You need to resolve this issue here, resolve this issue there, or make things right here, make compromises here or there, wherever you can, and, and try to fix the problems that are on this list. What I'm telling you tonight is, is that until you address what's behind that list on that piece of paper, until you address the fact that there is a hidden enemy that you cannot see, as soon as you resolve that issue, another one's going to pop up somewhere else. Fix your problem with friends, it'll be a problem with, with something else, somewhere else, some other time. It's never going to stop. We've got to address the real problem that is a spiritual problem. Amen. Now, the question then is how do we do that? You know, this is great information. How do we address all these things? So that leads me to the third thing is that your, your stand must be spiritual and not physical. If you look at verse 13 with me, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to what? To stand. Your stand must be physical, or must be spiritual, and not physical. Now, we're going to talk much more about this armor as we go. I'm not going to give you, and I can't give you the solution to all the issues. And, and uh, we, we can't go through all the information on how to take a stand, a spiritual stand, against Satan and against his plots in your life. But what I want you to see today is that if you are going to fight this spiritual battle, you cannot use physical weapons. Satan is too strong for you to overpower He's too smart for you to outwit, and he's too invisible for you to grab hold of anyway, if you could. He must be battled spiritually. And your question may be, how in the world do I do that? I want you to take your Bibles, hold your places right here, and turn with me back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. There's only one way that you're able to do battle against a spiritual enemy. If you look at chapter 1 and verse 3, it's a verse that we've hit on quite a bit. But he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But look at that last phrase, in Christ. You can't access these spiritual things on your own. You can't access those spiritual weapons that we're going to talk about in chapter 6 on your own. They are located in spiritual places and heavenly places. But I'll tell you how you can access them in Christ very one that we start running away from when problems get the worst is the one we need to be running the closest to when problems get the worst. Because our real enemy is spiritual. We can't fight him ourselves, and the only one who can is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want you to notice this, even as we're looking at these verses over here, that he says in verse 10, in chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of what? Of His might. And he says in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God. I want you to notice here, you are not putting on your armor. You're putting on God's armor. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with principalities and 
powers and rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now Ephesians 1.3 tells us that we have access to all spiritual blessings and, and the armor of God, I believe, is part of those spiritual blessings. But there's only one way that we gain access to and that is through Jesus Christ. Listen, I want you to understand tonight that you are not just a physical and mental being. You are a spiritual being as well. And if you're going to fight war out here, you have to use physical weapons. You have to use mental strategy. We see that in battlefields every day. But if you're going to fight a spiritual battle, then you have to use spiritual armor and you must use spiritual weapons. And I want you to understand we're going to get to what those are and how to put those on and how to use them. But what I need you to understand is that all of them have already been provided. You have an arsenal of armor and weapons ready for you to use in spiritual warfare. We're going to talk more in weeks to come on how to use them, but you need to know that they're there. And what we're going to do is learn how to pick them up, put them on, and put them to use. But tonight... Please understand that what you think is your problem is not really your problem. You may say that's easy. You're not the one who has to face those problems. And while I'm not saying that that person is imaginary, and while I'm not saying that those problems are imaginary, what I'm saying is that God is power over all. And that until you start approaching the the real issue behind there, behind what's going on, through the power of God, with the armor of God, and with the weapons of God, it's just going to keep on. And it's going to lead to all sorts of issues. Discouragement. It's going to lead to abandonment. It's going to lead to all kinds of things. But if you'll learn, if you'll know that what's really going on is Satan wants to destroy you and he's attacking you, that he has really no power over you except what you give to him, until you understand that, you're going to continue going round and round and round and round with this. What we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks, I want to encourage you to please be here. Over the next several weeks, please be here to hear what's being said. There's some great stuff here. And if you'll listen and put these things into practice, you're going to start seeing victory take a place in your life. It's not going to be because of you. It's because of Him. You're going to learn how to put His armor on. You're going to learn how to use His weapons. You're going to learn how to stand in the power of His might. And that is the only chance that you have in doing spiritual warfare. I know that God's Spirit's working tonight. And I know that God may have brought some things up right now that you're dealing with. that Maybe you thought was one thing, but maybe He's shown you that it's another. You need to start approaching this thing, not on the physical, not trying to figure out how to handle this or what to do with it or just wait for the storm to pass. But you need to engage. You need to do it in the right way through Christ with His weapons and His power. Maybe tonight He's just put that burden on your heart that you want to commit to doing that. Would you tell Him about it tonight? And we'd love to pray with you. 
that's one of the weapons we have. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to know how we can pray for you. But tonight, if you're willing at least to acknowledge what's going on and put it in God's hands, I want to challenge you to do that this evening. We're given this time of invitation. If you need to come here and just lay this before God and seek His help with this, I want to encourage you to do that tonight.